Welcome to Life, Lessons, and Laughter with your host, Glenn Ambrose. Hello, everybody. I bet you can't see me yet, though. Yeah, let's. There, now you can. <laughs> hello, hello, hello. Welcome. Join me. Say hello. Let me know where you're watching from. Yeah, let me know where you are in the world, what you're up to, what your awareness is telling you. That's what we're talking about today. We're talking about awareness. Awareness. We're going to talk about awareness in the microcosm, and we're going to talk about awareness in the macrocosm, and which is cool because it's going to give you an idea of, uh, or I shouldn't say an idea, I should say an example of how things work. Uh, you know, we overcomplicate things immensely. And, um, you know, things are very simple. So, yeah, let me say hi in the comments. Hopefully, oh, you know what? I got to check one of my Facebook accounts. Some of you might be... Um, commenting and I might not be able to see it because how the settings change. Um, but <clears throat> yeah, the reason what I was just saying is that <laughs> I'm playing with my phone and talking, not a good idea. Multitasking is not good just for the record. Um, I know we have to do it sometimes, but um, as a general rule, Try to do it as little as possible. And public. Done. There. I just changed the settings, so I should be able to see the, uh, the comments better. So, um, yeah, like I was saying, the, the microcosm and the macrocosm. So, we tend to overcomplicate things. And in life we can get closer to the truth by simplifying. So as I go through the process of discussing awareness in the microcosm and in the macrocosm, what I'd like you guys to do is pay attention to the dynamic of it. You know, everything is dynamics. So when you understand that the dynamics, if, if something is true or law or an official dynamic we'll say if it's how things work then it doesn't matter if it's we're talking about something in our personal lives or if we're talking about something globally the dynamic is still the same so if you can understand the dynamics of how things work 
it simplifies life dramatically. <clears throat> you know, this is why I'm using that word more and more. Maybe I'll do a podcast just on dynamics. Um, although I have to think about that. that that's kind of like doing a podcast on spiritual law. I know I use the term a lot, but like spiritual law overlaps one another. So it's difficult. Once you start talking about one, you go into another one and go into another one. They all start blending together. So it's not as easy as it sounds. Mm. Some fresh coconut water. One of the joys of being in the DR. So, so yeah, keep leaving the comments, people. And um, so the dynamics, as you're going to see in, in what, what I'm talking about today, it applies to many things and most things. It's if you understand the dynamic, it's going to be the same in your personal life or a very small scenario situation. And if you blow it up, you're going to see the exact same dynamic in a global scale or a societal scale um, in countries or cities or, you know, whatever. You, it, if it's true, it's going to fit small, medium, large, any size. The size doesn't matter in the universe. You know, so it's just if you, if you understand a dynamic, then you can understand that it applies to many different levels. So you can take things that seem complicated, um, perhaps in a global view or sometimes in our own lives. A lot of times the stuff in our own lives is harder to see because of the emotion around it. <clears throat> so sometimes we can take a dynamic that's global that we can see clearly because of the, our, our distance to it, the perspective, and then bring that dynamic into our lives and, and, and um, see how it applies to us personally. So that's kind of a side thing. You know, we're, we're going to see how things are the same in the microcosm as in the, in the macrocosm. And we're going to use awareness today to talk about. So awareness is huge. Everybody's teaching it. Um, you know, it's the same as consciousness or, um, um, being awake or being in the present moment, being in the now, basically it's the same concept. So being awareness is, um, might be a little bit different in certain situations, but basically it's the same. And what I'm talking about is awareness in our personal lives. I'll start there. When you're aware in your personal life of something that you're doing wrong, or something that somebody else is doing wrong that you need to set a boundary with or um, something that isn't is no longer serving you. When you have awareness of something that needs to change, that's three quarters of the work. You know, because we can literally live years, decades, sometimes lifetimes without awareness. And we have no hope for changing whatever that is. We're not going to change it. I mean, it's until we have the awareness, it's not going to just magically change by itself. It's our life. It's our behavior. It's our pattern. So we have to change it. So awareness is gigantic. It's huge. And most often I see people when they start gaining awareness um, you know, they beat themselves up. They, they find out that they're doing something that, that is not serving them. 
or, um, you know, they, uh, you know, a relationship isn't serving them anymore or, you know, because maybe they, the, the way they're framing it is, oh my God, I picked the wrong person. So yeah, th but that's good because you're aware that you picked the wrong person up until that point, you were screwed. Like there was, you had no hope in getting out of that relationship because you didn't even know you picked the wrong person. So once you found out you did, once you gained the awareness that you were doing something wrong or you had made a mistake, whatever, now all of a sudden you, you have the ability to change it. You have the information necessary to even want to change it, to know you should change it. Up until you gain that awareness, you're just going to live in that cycle. You're going to repeat that pattern. You, your life is not going to get better until you know that you need to change something. So the awareness is huge. What we need to do is start patting ourselves on the back for that awareness instead of beating ourselves up over it. You know, most people are like, oh, my God, I, you know, I just I just realized that uh, I need to set boundaries with people in my life. I'm such an idiot. I, I you know, I let people walk all over me and, and they just beat themselves up over and over and over. And it's like, oh, oh. And, and then <laughs> then after you beat the living crap out of yourself for becoming aware, which should be a good thing, you, you, you don't have any self-esteem left to actually stand up and empower yourself to make the boundary. So a lot of times you'll stay in that pattern anyway. You know, this is why beating ourselves up is so dangerous. We have to stop beating ourselves up. You know, so like I created a rule years ago because when I, when I first gained um, clarity on this, I had seen some things in my life that I wasn't, that I hadn't been doing well. <laughs> we'll just say it like that. And some of them, I, I was unaware. I, you know, I had no idea that I should be doing things differently. And then one of them, I knew I should be doing differently, but I hadn't made the change yet. So I saw the two differences right there. And I was like, oh, I can't treat these the same. I, that's wrong. Like, so the things that I didn't know I was doing wrong and I just gained insight. Oh my goodness. I'm doing this wrong. I'm not allowed to beat myself up over those. It's like, that is not allowed ever. If I did not know better, I am not allowed to give myself a hard time for that at all, ever. No matter what the issue is, it's not allowed. Because it wasn't my fault, because I didn't know. I wasn't aware. How can I beat myself up for doing something that I wasn't even aware that I was doing or that it was wrong? You know, that's that's not fair. So I'm not allowed to beat myself up for doing anything wrong that I didn't know was wrong. But by the same token, there is this other thing that like I did know I should stop doing it, but I hadn't stopped doing it yet. So I was like, OK, well, I can't allow that. Because, you know, that's just knowingly not advancing in my life, not expanding, not growing, consciously not growing. That is not good. That's not a good, <laughs> that's not good energy to live in. I'm telling you, if you know something, is, you're doing something wrong and you allow yourself to continue to do it, there is a really bad consequence coming. 
it's you it's just it goes against the laws of nature because we, we we love ourselves and we're supposed to be supporting ourselves we're supposed to be you know doing what's best for ourselves expanding becoming better versions of ourselves and if we just know something's wrong and continue doing it like that is just doubling down on the dysfunction that's just basically asking for the universe to drop a rock on your head or a car or a house like that's not going to end well so if you know you're doing something wrong stop it before the universe stops it <laughs> it ain't gonna end well i guarantee that you know so so that was my rule if i knew something was wrong i had to put in the effort to make sure i stopped doing it okay and you know some situations just to be clear some situations are some situations it takes a little while to to learn a new behavior right i'm not going to beat myself up for that too you know i'm talking about like um like if I'm in a relationship, okay, and I know that it's not going to work out and I need to break up with this person and I don't break up with them because I, I, I like having somebody around and, and it's, you know, it's just selfishly serving my purpose. That's what I'm talking about. You need to break up with that person because there's going to be a karmic backlash that comes that ain't going to be pretty. So you, we can't do stuff like that. That's what I'm talking about. The, the things that you can actually just stop. It might not be easy, but you do have the ability to just stop doing it. You have to stop. If it's a conditioned behavior that's going to take you a little while to change, that's different. You know, you got to give yourself a little leeway. We got to be realistic. We have to be fair with ourselves. So, you know, if you have whatever, I can't think of an example right now, but but if there's like, let's say I'm dealing with your family, let's say you deal with your family and you get triggered when they do certain things and you're like, OK, I'm going to really anchor into my my myself here and this spiritual work and I'm going to reframe this stuff and I'm not going to get triggered by them anymore. And then all of a sudden they trigger you and like you can't beat yourself up over that. That might take a little time and, and, and consistency to overcome that because that's a pattern of behavior. OK, so that's not what I'm talking about. So I'm, I'm talking about just something. If you know it's wrong, you have to stop it if it's within your power. So you can't beat yourself up for that. So awareness is the foundation of what I'm talking about. If you're aware that you're doing something wrong and it's within your capability of changing it, I highly recommend changing it immediately. <laughs> if it's a behavior pattern that takes a little while to change, well, you know, give yourself a little leeway and work through that process. Know it's going to take a little while to go from here to here, you know? So just because something happens once doesn't mean that you've screwed up. Oh, I said I'd never do that again. It's like, yeah, but was that realistic, you know? <laughs> so... Let's see. Uh, hey, Mike, I'm aware. Yes. Yes, you are. And you're becoming more aware. And serenity. Thank you for joining me. I know who you are. I know your real identity. Uh, Ruthie. Thanks, Ruthie, for inviting people. Thank you, everybody, for watching. So we're talking awareness. So we're, you know, 
I kind of, you know, went off on that little side tangent because I think it's important about, you know, how we treat ourselves when we're becoming aware. But I'm going to get back to the main topic, which is awareness itself. It's the it's that other stuff that we don't know we're doing wrong and, and we're on the spiritual path and we start waking up and we go, oh, my God, you know, and we're seeing these things that we're doing or, or you know, we're, we're talking with our other spiritual friends or life coaches and we're getting insights and clarity on what's why things have been going wrong in our lives. And, and, and we're becoming aware. Don't beat yourself up. You know, that is 75% of the work because you couldn't change it until you got to that point. So you could have lived 40 years the same dysfunctional way. And that moment you get awareness, 75% of the work is done. Now you have the ability to change. Now you have the ability to adopt something new. It might take a little work, but you have that ability now. So most of the work is done. Now it's just the, the last 25% about learning how to change that behavior, whatever that looks like. So awareness is gigantic. It's gigantic. It's, it's the cornerstone of not only making good decisions. The reason I said in the beginning that this awareness is, can be slightly different than consciousness or uh, the power of now, or all, you know, uh, the other terminology, is because sometimes awareness is used in in, uh, in different ways. You know, awareness is used in a way of um, becoming awoken, you know, or um, or um, becoming present. It's like, oh, I'm aware. Yeah. Okay. Cool. And it can also be used in term of becoming aware of what's dysfunctional in your life of specific things, as opposed to just becoming conscious, right? So in our lives, becoming aware is a gigantic asset. And we have to practice patting ourselves on the back going, yes, I'm aware. I became aware that I was doing something dysfunctional or that I was looking at this wrong. Yay me. We have to stop patting ourselves on the back because it's such a big part of what it has to happen before change can happen. You know, so if we're punishing ourselves because we find out we're doing something wrong that we didn't know was wrong, it's it just defeats the purpose. So in our personal lives, this can this can take a lot of different looks. Collectively, this is what's happening in the world right now. And this is one of the reasons why I want to talk about this subject is because it's the same in our personal lives as it is in globally. Right now, what's happening is where it we're becoming aware of what the problems have been for a very long time. And even if we've made some small progress in certain areas, we haven't made much like in, in a lot of areas, you know? So like sometimes it seems like, um, you know, that we'll, we'll get a bone, you know, we'll, 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 we'll have a problem of, of people starving all over the world and somebody will, you know, what did, didn't they have a big concert like that in the eighties? Maybe some of you people around my age might <laughs> remember that. I think they had like some, some big, you know, feed it 
feed people freaking concert or something with big name people, you know, and then we feel like we're doing something, you know, and all this money gets raised or, you know, or something gets talked about on the news, how they, you know, just dropped off a bunch of money's worth of food or whatever, you know? So we look at and we go, Oh, you know, look, we're trying to put, we're, we're, <laughs> we're trying to put, um, some energy in a direction of solving a problem. And, and it's a big problem, but we made some progress and we feel good about ourselves. I mean, the fact is, is the fact that there's people starving on the planet today is absurd. It's absurd. There's absolutely zero reason for it. I mean, you know, we can put people on the moon, but we can't figure out how to get unused food from one part of the country to the other part of the country or from one country to another. I mean, come on. Well, we don't have planes no more. You know, we can fly planes over to the other side of the world and blow up a country for their oil, but we can't deliver some food to some people. We can't figure out how to get water there. We can't figure out how to make composting toilets so kids aren't dying of diarrhea when you can buy a composting toilet for 40 bucks on Amazon. I mean, come on. So we're not solving the world's problems and it's we're starting to become aware of it globally. You know, the, the, we're starting to become aware of the corruption that's in the world. We're starting to become aware of how money keeps funneling upward. We're starting to become aware of um, everything, every, everything that's dysfunctional. We're the, the, the planet, we're, we're starting to become aware that we have been living unsustainably for a very long period of time. You know, our model for basically how we live on this planet is wrong. It's flawed. It, it, it runs out. It's, it's got a time limit. Like, it's not sustainable. It doesn't feed itself. Like, all, everything in nature feeds itself. It, it it goes in a circle, you know, so it, it's like there's a purpose. And then when it dies off, it feeds something else. It's like it's just there's the it, it sustains itself. And we do not have systems like that. We just take and take and take and we never feed back. So like our our systems for existing on this planet, are, we're becoming aware of them on a, in a global sense. You know, that we just can't continue the way it's going. And we're doing that with, like I said, the planet. I mean, if you're paying attention to to the gigantic shift of money that's going on, then you're seeing it there, too. I mean, you know, I don't know the numbers and it doesn't really matter what the numbers are, but they're ridiculous that, you know, the middle class is disappearing. We're ha we're going through. We're going through a COVID crisis where they close all the small businesses that only have a few people to, that go in them at a time. So why are those dangerous? But we're keeping the huge stores open where tons of people congregate all at once. But we're supposed to be social distancing and we're not supposed to have a bunch of people there at once. So why? You know, so the money is just and it doesn't matter if you agree with that or if you disagree. I mean, that's a fact that's happening. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't matter if you agree that it should be happening or it shouldn't be happening. 
maybe there's some excuse to why it's happening. And you can say, oh, yeah, but this is why. Okay, fine. That's cool. I'm not, not going to argue with you about it. Let's say there is a reason. The fact is, is we had, you know, like if the numbers, these are completely BS hypothetical numbers. But if, if like um, we had 10% of the people owning 90% of the wealth, then by the time COVID's over, we're going to have 10% of the people with 95% of the wealth instead of 90. You see, there, more money is going up. You know, all the big companies are having record profits during, the, during this horrible global pandemic. So, so I mean, like, the, that's unsustainable. Like, that can't happen forever. And it's been happening for a very long time. You know, this has been, at least in this country, for a couple hundred years. I mean, we, you know, it started like that. <laughs> and, it's been, and it's been going gradually more and more and more and more and more to a point. So, like, you know, in the United States. So, I mean, that, that it's, it's been getting worse and worse and worse and worse over time. This is what I mean by unsustainable models. We have an unsustainable model where all money funnels upward and we don't we take from the plant we don't give back like all this stuff we're starting to become aware of it it's more and more obvious i mean the political system is absurd you know i again i'm, I'm not going to get into it but i mean if, if there's just the point that we had trump and biden as the two to choose from to me is absolutely absurd i mean just that we got to that point that those are the two people that we have a possibility of representing the country from, even if you like one of them. I mean, you know, they've both been proven to either lie or be bad people or both. I mean, it's it's nasty. It's nasty, the, the political system. So absolutely everything is getting to the point where it's close to failing. It's getting worse and worse. The normal average person can't just sit back and pretend that like, no, nah, everything's all right. You know, I walk my dog, you know, once a week and uh, over at the dog park and we have a good time and um, there's food on the table. So like it's just get, it's getting worse and worse. And we're seeing that on a global scale and we're seeing it on a, on a um, country scale. Uh, a lot of people are seeing it in their particular states. You know, that there, there is some serious problems in this world. And if we're focused on those problems, which most people are, it causes fear. It causes distress. And I mean, from from a uh, from a <laughs> I don't know how to phrase this one <laughs> to try to be kind. You know, to from an unaware perspective or from an unconscious perspective, that's natural. I mean, hell, it freaks me out a little bit when I'm looking at some of the, all this stuff. But that's not where I'm taking you. OK, so <laughs> where I'm taking you is we have to understand that this is a good thing because it's awareness. It's awareness when we're not aware that things are getting worse and worse and worse by the year, they are bound to continue. 
So we have to stop looking at how messed up everything is and get so hopeless and depressed and, oh my God, the world's falling apart. Like good, good. It's falling. It's dysfunctional. It's unsustainable. Of It was always going to fall apart. Anybody that looked at this system and how it worked could have told you it was going to fall apart 200 years ago. Of course, it's going to fall apart. It's unsustainable by its very nature, by the dynamics in which it works. It does not feed itself. It doesn't sustain itself. It does not match natural law. Human beings are the only thinking ones. And for some reason, we use that thought to determine that we were above nature and we could do whatever we wanted and we could get away with it. And we have for hundreds of years, thousands of years, technically, we've been doing it for thousands of years, but it's always been doomed to fail because it doesn't coincide with nature. It doesn't coincide with nature's laws. So it's, it's unsustainable. You know, you can't, everybody, you know, back, I think it was like the 80s or 90s, they the, the pyramid schemes, you know, became popular. And they're like, oh my God, they're, they're made illegal. Why? Because they're made to fail. That's why. <laughs> because at some point, they're, they're, they're so made to fail, they're so unsustainable that they actually pass the law against them. But that's what we're living in. <laughs> we're living in a way of life that is unsustainable. So of course it was going to fail, but that's not the, the, the big thing that's important is that it is failing and that's a good thing. And we need to start embracing that because now is when we get to usher in a new way of being, you know, we get to choose a more sustainable way of life and create a new paradigm. That's what we're actually doing. That's what all this is about. The old, if, if something is unsustainable, eventually it dies off. You know, and I mean, if we don't change, we'll die off as a species. It's, that's not, you know, I'm not I'm not trying to be grandiose. It's just that's that's how it is. I remember many years ago, I heard Eckhart Tolle talking about this. And, you know, he's so just chill and, and peaceful. And I loved it because this is how I feel about it. He was there. They're like, you know, what's the kind of what's the point? And he was I don't know if it might have been when he came out with um a, a new earth that book and he was talking he said well you know consciousness is trying to raise and to a higher vibration and basically matching the vibration of what we call heaven so we'll have a new heaven and a new earth once we raise our vibration here on the planet and everything's going to be peaceful and loving. And a lot of us are working towards that. We're creating it in our own lives. And then where it's spilling over and collectively, if enough of us do that, then, you know, we could have a new heaven here on earth. So, so he was saying, you know, we're kind of in a race right now where where consciousness is trying to raise, but the dysfunction that we've been living in is also, you know, getting worse. <laughs> so it's just kind of, we're just kind of waiting to see which one wins. It's like, we'll either, we will either become conscious enough to usher in a new reality, a new paradigm and live in a reality based in life, uh, excuse me, based in love that is sustainable for all life. 
and we'll rise up and you know we, we have a way out is what i'm saying so so we can do that or we could end up killing ourselves off as a species i mean you know it, it wouldn't be too crazy for somebody to get their finger on a nuke button at some point and start a chain effect where everybody's nuking everybody and you know we're all dead so like i mean i'm i'm eternal so i'm really not too concerned which one i'm fine either way <laughs> so so i mean you know i i'm safe i'm i'm peaceful so that i'm, I'm really not too concerned about which way we go of course i'm rooting bringing in the new paradigm because it's more loving and and it'd be wonderful but if we have to go start over somewhere else you know whatever i mean i'm eternal and so are you by the way um so what we my point is is that as we become aware which the entire world is that a lot of things that we're doing are unsustainable and they don't work. You know, I talked about the macrocosm. Uh, a lot of people are realizing it in the more of the microcosm, which is their own life. You know, this is how perfect, like, this is how perfect the universe is, is that there is always something to be learned. Every situation is either a problem or an opportunity if you look at it. It just depends on how you look at it. So everybody's looking at COVID or many people are as this huge problem. I see it as an opportunity. It's an op It's been an opportunity for my life, for me to make moves and, and do different things in my own life. But I mean, it's, it's an opportunity for us to look at what doesn't work. A lot of people lost their jobs. A lot of people um, were unemployed for multiple different reasons. A lot of people started working from home. What I'm saying is a lot of people's daily lives changed. And if you see that as an opportunity instead of a problem, then all of a sudden you, you get to look and you go, oh, wait, oh, you know, I was kind of lost in that dream of my life, just kind of living the, the next day, the next day, the next day. And, and I thought I had stability in my job and in my life. And I, oh, whoa, you know, it's kind of a wake up call. Yeah, it's a way anything that happens is a wake up call if you use it as that. So the people who are advancing in their lives are looking, taking this as an opportunity going, oh, my God, you know what? I didn't like my job anyway. I'll get training doing something else. Um, oh, I love working from home because I can be with my kids more often. Um, I'm going to try to um, my boss is calling us all back into the office. I'm going to try to get a job doing the same thing. Um, working from home, working for a different company, because I really like spending time with my kids. Like there, you know, it's an opportunity for you to change your life when you're looking at it. And, you know, hey, if you like your life, it's bringing you joy. Great. Go, you know, you can go back to your normal routine <laughs> you know, if, if you liked it. But if you didn't like it, it's a huge opportunity to change it. You know, everything got shook. The whole world got shook. So it's like, okay, wait, you know, let the dust settle here and say, oh, well, am I going to spend my energy going back to a life that I didn't like? Or should I create something different that I like more? You know, this is, do you, do you see how it's the same dynamic, no matter what we're talking about? If you're talking about your personal life, you, you, and you can bring this even smaller down into 
um, just a relationship or what car you're driving. It doesn't matter. If, you, if you're aware that there's problems, now you have an opportunity to fix them. Before you had that awareness, you didn't have the opportunity to fix it. You know, it's, it's like if, if you have a, a nail in your tire and it could go flat and blow off and, you know, driving down the highway and, and the car flips and people could die. That's a dangerous situation. If you're like, hey, there's a nail in my tire. Oh, you just got awareness. I'll get that fixed before something bad happens. Yeah, that's an asset. You know, so we have to stop beating ourselves up for the awareness or once we're aware, like globally, even more, everybody's going, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, everything's messed up. This is really bad. This is everything's closed and everything like, oh, my God, oh, my like stop staring at the problem. There's something going on. There's something going on. And no matter what is happening, it is never good or bad. It just is. The pandemic is not bad. It just is. It's what you make of it. Do you want to change your life? Then try to change your life. You don't want to change your life. You like it as it is good. Then don't change your life. But it's an opportunity, not a problem, unless you see it as a problem. You know, and that's, of course, that's easier to see with depending on your circumstances, you know, a lot of times, like when I, I left, I've left jobs that were not serving me. And it caused one time I left a job jumping into something else that I should never have jumped into. And the only reason I did it was because I had been stuck at a job that I hated for three years. And I was like, I'm going to be damned if I make it four. I'm just not. I don't even care what I do. I'm just not doing this. And I jumped into something else that I had no business doing and I had to quit that job. So then I was jobless for months trying to figure out how to pay child support and keep a roof over my head. You know, it sucked. But so during that time, it was very difficult to not fall into the victim of my circumstances and go, oh my God, this is horrible. Like, oh, why did I quit that other job? Or you don't understand. I have a kid to take care of and, and all like, but that, that doesn't serve me. If I look at it, you know, I just had to, it, I'm not saying it was easy. There was plenty of moments of fear and difficulty during that time, but I kept going like, I, I have an opportunity here to create something different. And then, and then I, <laughs> I had to, I, I ended up taking a job that I hated again. Why? Well, because I needed to put food on the table. You know, I needed to have a roof over my head. And, you know, and, and it was a very difficult situation, that job too. And then I, oh, why? Why is this happening to me? It's like, I, you know, I, I, I took a, I was making half of what I was making at the previous job. I could barely survive on it. And I was working twice as hard. It was horrible. Um, but, you know, what was I going to do? You do what you have to do and you keep moving forward, looking for the looking to create what you want to create. And I didn't have awareness that I wanted to be a life coach. I didn't even know what a life coach was. 
You know, I didn't know. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I was still half figuring out what I didn't want to do. Well, you know, like whatever, man. I didn't have the awareness yet. I'm not going to beat myself up over it. I did the best I could. But what I'm trying to do here is let you guys see that, you know, one of the most difficult things, because like I said, I've even had difficulty doing this at certain times throughout the past five, six years. There's been a lot going on, lots of problems, lots of noise, lots of distractions, lots of negative energy all over the place. And it's not easy. But we have to look through that. If we're going to create a new paradigm based out of love, we have to start doing it somewhere. And we each have to start doing it in our lives because that's what accrues to the global. That's what accrues to the societal. You know, we talk about our government like it's separate from us or our country like it's separate from us or the world like it's separate from us. And it's not. It's a collection of us. So as more and more of you become aware, and if you, you know, disconnect from the problem, it looks like problems. Oh, my God, it's falling apart. Oh, my God, it's ugly. Oh, my God, it's noisy. Oh, my God, it's scary. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Stop doing that and just go, yeah, well, it was unsustainable anyway. Yeah, it's falling apart. It is. But then what? You know, then what? Follow it all the way through. Then what? What happens when a tree dies? You know, if, if your tree falls in your front yard and you spend the next like 10 years sitting there every day, walking out, looking at it, going, oh, my God, it's decaying. Oh, it's falling apart. Look, ants are eating it. Oh, my God, it's just it used to be this beautiful tree. And now it's just dying and decaying and falling apart. Oh, my God. But if you wait long enough, something new comes out of that. <laughs> you know, it nurtures the ground. It's nurturing the animals that are eating it. You know, new life springs out of that. You can have something completely new and beautiful. You know, this is what fire does in nature. You know, I mean, not that, you know, the stuff happening in California and other places is a good thing. I'm not saying that. But there's certain aspects of forest fires. They actually induce them sometimes. Nature induces them sometimes for the purpose of burning things down and starting new and beautiful things growing out of it. You know, like I said, I don't <laughs> wish anything bad on anybody. I'm just saying fire in general. So like we have to stop focusing on the fire and understanding that something beautiful has an opportunity to be birthed out of this and start creating it because that's where we are right now. We are in the beginning of the creation process. We are creating a new paradigm. That's why you're waking up. You know, Mike said, I'm aware. Yeah, that's why you're aware. <laughs> you know, all of you guys that are listening, I mean, even if you haven't even started your journey yet, there's a certain level of you that is even thinking about possibly listening to something that I have to say. That alone puts you way further advanced than half the other people out there. There's a whole ton of people out there that haven't even begun to awaken yet. But there's many of us that have. 
So this is, and what, so, so if that's true, right, if we're a smaller percentage, you know, who knows what the percentage is, it could be 10%, could be 20%, whatever, but it's a smaller percentage, you know, that are, that are awake already anyway, a large percentage, I think is in the, in the midst of awakening. But those of you listening to this, you're already in the top percent of awake, just because you're listening to something like this. So that means you're like you're at the front lines of bringing in this new paradigm. How how are we going to usher in a new paradigm? Well, we have to start living one. We have to start being an example of it. The only way we're going to get people to live a new paradigm is to be in it, to create it and be an example of it. It's attraction rather than promotion. We don't have to drag people kicking and screaming into our way of life. Just live peacefully in a love-based way, do your inner work, get rid of that baggage shit that's been dragging you down. And that's going to happen a lot faster now because this shift is picking up speed. So stuff that took people 10 years, five years to work through, you're going to be going, ripping through it in months. So that's another thing we have to get through. We got to get it in our heads that we are here to transcend our issues, not to talk to somebody about them for the next 15 years. That, that, that time is long gone. We are here to transcend our issues. They are behind us. We are not, we're not working through them for years on end. We're just gaining awareness of them and transcending them a lot quicker, which is cool. You know, that's one of the benefits of being in this, this time. So we need to usher in, if we, if we take the, the, our eyes off the problems and start putting them on us, and really understanding what we are. We are the role models. We are the example of a new way of life that's going to be coming, ushering in. And there's going to be a bunch of people as things fall apart, more and more looking for new ways of doing things. It's already begun. They're looking around. Geez, maybe I'd like to live in a more peaceful place. Maybe I'd like to leave the country. Maybe I would like to um, live in an eco-village. Maybe I would like to have my own land and live off grid, um, whatever, you know, whatever, whatever your thing is, as long as it's love based and peaceful and it clicks with you head in the direction of it, because people need to see that people need to see it's possible. People need to see people doing it, you know, and then they'll do it and then they'll do it. That's how everything happens. The government never saved anybody. They're not going to come in and go, geez, uh, we're gaining too much power and money. Um, so we're going to dismantle our government and start over um, because this is just working too well for us. But we really love you people. And so, yeah, we'll, we'll just <laughs> we'll just give back our pensions and we'll spread it out to all everybody because we're such nice people yet yeah, that's not going to happen you know so don't look at the politicians and the governments to come in and save you you save yourself create a new paradigm yourself create a loving peaceful way of life in your own world and from that place you'd be amazed oh look there's more people that think like this oh look like one of the biggest, um, not biggest, one of the most common issues that I've seen over the last 18 years, 
of being on this path is people that have awoken to one way, shape or form spiritually to a more loving way. People that have awoken to a more loving way of being looking for other people to connect with. That's one of the, the most common things, because when you start living your new way of life and not everybody in your old life is going to transfer over to your new life. So you're going to have to probably let go of some of those people. And and you, you're going to have all these amazing like when you awaken, it's so amazing. It's like the most exciting thing. It's like seeing the best movie you ever saw only times a billion. Right. So you want to talk to people about it and you want to. You want to experience it with other people and you want to share it. And half the people aren't ready yet. So they're just like, uh. And then people are on different levels of spirituality. And sometimes they have difficulty connecting. Like we need community. We need to, to, to all come in. And yeah, Joy just said, you feel alone at first. It's true, you do. This is such a common thing. You feel alone at first. And you're not. I mean, there is so there's more people waking up today than there was yesterday. And I've been on this for 18 years. And it's it's insane the speed that this is going now compared to how it was 18 years ago. It's absolutely insane. It blows my mind how fast the spiritual awakening is happening. It's happening all over the place. People from all over the world are coming over to the Dominican Republic. And where I live is just such a spiritual vortex that people are like coming over and they're going, I don't know what happened, man. I was in my life and then all of a sudden fell apart. And, and then all of a sudden something happened and I ended up here two weeks ago and here I am. And it's amazing. You know, it's like, how the hell did you get here? It's the stuff that is occurring globally is, is so exciting and so awesome, you know? So, so yeah, you're going to feel alone at first and, you know, you just got to watch out for a little bit of spiritual snobbery, what I call it, because when you awaken and you start seeing how messed up everything is, you, it, we have a tendency to get judgmental. We're like, what the, why would we possibly be living like this? It's offensive to some degree, right? At first, but we have to disconnect from that. And, the, you know, that was one of the first things I learned. When, when I got sober, I just blew open. And one of the first times I got frustrated, this was probably like in my first five months of being awake. The One of the first times I got frustrated was people started coming to me because they could see something happened. So they're like, what are you doing? What are you doing? And and I'd, I'd be like, oh, it's you just wake up, you know, like you just surrender and it's just peace and love and everything's awesome. And now most of them weren't capable of doing it, you know, like it's easy to say. Um, and I started getting frustrated because I'd see them go out drinking and stuff and, and, you know, really bad things happen. And I'm like, why? Why aren't they doing it? And I was getting frustrated and I was like, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. Like, how come I didn't do it? I did it five months ago. How come I didn't do it six months ago? How come I didn't do it a year ago? How come I didn't do it two years ago? It's like, I don't know. Maybe I just wasn't ready. It's like, yeah, maybe. Maybe I wasn't. Well, they're not ready. So would it be fair for somebody to jump down my throat and go, Glenn, what the hell's the matter with you? What are you, stupid? Can't you just see that you should just awaken? Like, no, that wouldn't have been fair for somebody to do to me. So why would that be fair for me to do to somebody else? 
And that's when I was able to put it into perspective and, and learn how to meet people where they are. That's a skill that I think we need to, a lot of people waking up need to practice. Maybe I'll do a podcast on that if I can. But it's just meeting people where they are. It's it, like, I don't know if it's because of the way my mind works or because I'm supposed to be coaching people that I can just do that. Or I don't know if a lot of other people can do it, but I know it can be done. You know, I don't judge the people that I'm talking to. Whoa, geez. They said something that I understood four years ago. What are they stupid? No, I don't think that I meet them where they are. I understand where they are. So every conversation is based on the energy that they're in at that particular time so it's not i don't view it as me up here and i'm down here and me having to like go down to their level it's not like that at all i just meet them where they are and it's still a spiritual conversation it's still enjoyable it's still solution based you know so it's so maybe you guys can maybe i'll do a podcast if i can but but, you know, try, maybe you can try to meet people where they are and understand that they don't need to. The people you're interacting with don't need to be exactly where you are. Like maybe they're they're at a space where they're good. They're enjoyable to go grab coffee or lunch with. But you're not going to open up your heart and in a real vulnerable, scary position, or you're not going to share the most intimate details of your life and get spiritual guidance from them. That's okay. Just go have lunch with them. That serves a purpose too. Like you guys, the, you know, we're social animals. We can have social interactions that aren't, you know, not everybody I talk to is way down here, like deep, deep, deep spiritual. I have, I have friends that aren't awake at all. And I enjoy their company too. You know, it's just, I meet people where they are. So I have a whole myriad of people that I interact with on different levels for different reasons. And I can, you know, enjoy that aspect of my life with them, you know? So try doing that. It's, we got to get rid of that judgment and that, that uh, spiritual snobbery. But do you see, as is the macrocosm is the microcosm. It all starts with us. This is the real meaning of be the change you wish to see. Be it. Live it. Be the example. You're, we're ushering in a new way of being. You know, so we, we need us to live it. We don't need to go change. We're not going to win this fight. <laughs> I don't even like calling it a fight. We're not going to win this by fighting the government or fighting the negative people, or, or, or fighting the rich people. It's not a fight. We just starve them. Just don't interact with them. Don't allow their tactics to scare you. Don't allow their tactics to distract you. Just focus on living from peace and love, creating your own reality with your own types of people who understand and connect and love and be the change you wish to see in the world. And as that mushrooming process happens, because it naturally will, because if people have a choice of living in an unhealthy, miserable reality or a joyful, peaceful reality, they're going to choose the joyful, peaceful one. They just haven't had a choice yet. So let's give them one. Be the change that they wish to see. Just be it. Walk around. Don't recruit them. Just be it. And they'll start coming. 
they already are. Like I said, they're literally coming over to the DR and, and they're coming to different uh, spiritual platforms and they're, they're coming from every angle. The spiritual shift is happening. They're coming from everywhere. So we don't have to worry about it. The mushrooming process will happen all on its own. All we need to do is focus on us and our work and our microcosm. And this microcosm and that one and that one and that one and that one. And all the microcosms add up to a macrocosm. Society is a group of people. So if more people are conscious, which is what we're on the road to having, then and not fighting, not getting, oh, you need to be conscious too. I'm love, damn it. That's not love. That's not love. <laughs> Just because you want to love people, you can't throw anger. You know, like somebody was, I was talking with this earlier and somebody said, that, you know, there's a famous like bumper sticker or something that says like, if you're not angry yet, you're not paying attention. It's like, no, if you don't see the problem yet, you're not paying attention. You don't have to get angry about it. Anger, you can't throw anger up against the wall and get love. You know, MLK said it. You can't, hate can't drive out hate. Only love can do that. So we just have to be love. And that will just automatically drive out hate. It's like light and dark. You know, if it's dark and you bring a light into the room, there's not a fight. It's just light now. That's what, so just be the light you wish to see. And the darkness will just automatically dispel. You don't have to fight against it. So that's what we're doing here. We're being the light. We're being the change. Just be, be, be. You, you, you. All work is inside work. And then, you know, as you're a better example of love and actually functioning in, a, in society in a loving, peaceful way, somebody else is going to do it right next to you and somebody else. And that's... How it goes. Next thing you know, and we don't need, a, I don't even think we need a majority. You know, there's something of an 80-20 rule. Look it up. I'm not going to get into it. But there's an 80-20 rule that basically says 20% of the people control what 80% of the people do. And I'm not talking about a power dynamic. This is like scientific studies that, that, um, that back this, this rule up. So... It's possible that we just need 20% or maybe we need 51% people, some people say. But just think, like if we had 10% of awake people on a planet, just think about what the world would start looking like if we had 30%. If we didn't, and it was 51 that we needed and we don't even have it yet, 35%, 40%. It would be a huge impact. And then 51%, and that's the tipping point, right? Whew. We have the majority of the energy being based in love. Those <laughs> people who aren't based in love can't stand that. They're not going to be able to stand up against that. They can't fight against it. You know, Gandhi did it. Once the majority of people just sit there and go, no, we're not going to live like the way that you're telling us to. Just no. We're going to be love. The government runs around panicking, trying to figure out what to do. Well, we'll beat you and throw you in jail. Okay. And they did that with some people. But then the rest of them went, no, you can't put us all in jail. You can't beat all of us. You can't control the same one. We're just not going to do what you say that we're supposed to do. No. 
And then, and then what did England do? They left India of their own accord. They weren't driven out. They just left because they can control people. Right? So this is what I'm talking about. This is how we usher in a new way of being. It's the macrocosm, same as the microcosm. We are in a microcosm. Everything is, every social change is grassroots. It starts with the people going, no more. This isn't right. We're just going to be like this. And even with all that noise, no, we're just going to be like this. And then there's more and more people, more and more people feel the same way. And then all of a sudden, you know, you know, maybe in other um, social change arenas, you know, you had a spearhead like Martin Luther King Jr. You had a spearhead that kind of drove a lot of the movement and the political action. But, you know, hey, maybe we will have something like that. Maybe we won't. doesn't really matter. But the point is the energy that induced the, the large social change came from grassroots. It came from a bunch of people going, yeah, I don't think this is right anymore. I'm like, I don't, th this ain't right. We can't live like this. Even people who never opened their mouths and said a damn word about it were still part of the collective energy that wouldn't accept it anymore. This is what we need to be. The collective energy that just won't accept it anymore. We're, and we don't have to fight against them. We just live differently. Just live your life. That's the beauty of it. As we're in this process, you, go, you, you know, the, the big punishment is, is you get to live peacefully and happily and lovingly. Ooh, you know, starting like now to the best of your ability and it just increasing. That's, that's all you have to do. That's it. And the rest takes care of itself. I saw something once that said, oh, if only love would spread as fast as hate. Oh, my God, that's so misguided. Love spreads 10 times faster, 100 times faster than hate. Hate is unnatural. It doesn't feel good. Nobody walks around going, geez, I wish I could hate today. Nobody's looking to hate. But how many people are looking to love? Boy, I wish I just felt better. I wish I wasn't angry all the time. I wish I didn't feel unsafe. Yeah, everybody's thinking that. You know? So let's embrace the love. And as we do, we're going to be the example for more people to see it. And us, as the microcosm, start adding and adding and adding. And we become the macrocosm. And then our government will be a reflection of its people, which it is now. You know, the government right now is a perfect reflection of the people. Most people are unconscious. They're angry. They're irritable. They're taking pills to make themselves happier or they're addicted to something. Illegal drugs, legal drugs, shopping, sex, relationships, their cell phone, social media. They're addicted to freaking something to distract themselves from the shit that they're feeling inside. And then we wonder why we have a government like this. It's because of us. <laughs> so we change and then it changes after. It's not the opposite. It's not going to change and make our lives better. We're going to change and then it will reflect that change. So microcosm to the macrocosm. Awareness. 
This is our opportunity. 75% of the work is done. Why? Because we're aware. That's why. And now I'm talking to all of you guys that are listening to this. You have some level of awareness that something different has to happen in your life. Maybe it's advanced. Maybe it's just the beginning. Whatever. It's you have the awareness. That's why you're listening to this. And if you listen this long, you definitely have some awareness. So you have awareness. That's 75% of it. All you got is the last 25. You know, just feeding that, feeding that love, feeding that new way of being, feeding that awareness, not judging others. Even if you're right, even if you awoken to love and righteousness and beauty and peace, and then you look at the people who aren't living it, you can't get angry and start judging them because now you dropped into judgment, which is a low vibration and you're disconnected from love. So let that go. Let them be. Just focus on you and people around you and creating new communities of love. Associate with other people. And don't be afraid to do it online. There's a, there's a reason that this spiritual shift is happening now. And the fact that the internet exists is not a coincidence. There needed to be a way for the entire globe to change. That was never possible before until the internet. So let us use it. You know, the internet is not bad. It doesn't, it, it's just how it's used can be bad. So let's use it for good. It can be the greatest catalyst for change. It can be the greatest catalyst to meet people from all over the world. I have clients all over the world, literally all over the world, you know, and there's platforms all over the world. The, like we, you know, we can connect with other people, you know, and that's something, that's another thing that I'm working on. So I'm going to give you guys an outlet for that soon, uh, an online community with like-minded people so where where we can connect with each other and have these conversations and and know we're not alone and we're not crazy and this is and and keep ourselves focused on the hope and the love that we're ushering in you know and nicole i love seeing my friends waking up by what they point on by what they post on facebook it's like yes you see it too i feel less alone yeah that's it you know, and, and you can, I mean, you know, my Facebook feed, I mean, you know, let me see. No, none of you, but there, there are people that I, um, that I just block their posts. Like I don't, I stay friends with them because, because I'm, I am friends with them. Some of them, you know, some of them I'm not, but some of them I am, but if there's negativity coming out of them all the time and they're not looking for any solutions and they're just caught up in the negativity, I block their posts. I want to see it. It's not serving me. You know, I might reach out and offer some help here or there. Some I do if I think that they might be open to it. Some I don't if I don't think they will be. But, you know, it's not my job to save the world. So sometimes I just block the post and I just don't see all that negativity. It's okay. They don't even know I've done it. It's all right. So we're still friends. You know? <laughs> and if I have to end up, if I had to block people and unfriend them, I've done that too. But I'm not going to sacrifice my loving existence by being fed all that negativity, you know. So this was a long one, Oof. but good. It felt good. Um, I think that there was a lot of important stuff in this one. You know, we, it, it, the shift is beautiful. It's happening. 
And I think that this is part of what I'm going to be doing more and more of as we move forward is just kind of helping guide people on what this looks like and just um, empowering and, and reminding people to stay focused on love and just do you, man, just do you. Don't worry about what's going on out there. Just keep doing you and, you know, bringing in this new way of, of living. And that is helping the world dramatically in itself. So as we change, you know, as we become aware, to kind of recap, as we become aware, um, that's three quarters of the job. Now we just have to make the changes, be the change we wish to see by making the adjustments and in our own life and being the love that we wish to be and the love that we wish to see. So, you know, that's our work and know you're three quarters of the way there. Don't get caught up dragging yourself down, beating yourself up, but because you didn't know before, you know, now, or you're even starting to know that's good enough. So you focus on that. And don't get distracted and pulled away by all the noise and distractions and BS. That's just the world falling apart. <laughs> Let it. You know, it sucked anyway, man. It sucked. It wasn't fair to, to people on uh, to, to everyone. We didn't we, we didn't live in love. We lived to work and to have a nicer box than the neighbor had to live in or you know, a more souped up car with a bigger engine, with a newer paint job. Oh, my God. It's like, seriously, that was our existence. Good riddance, you know. So latch on to the hope and moving forward and doing what you can do, which is living your best life and let the rest fall apart. Man, we don't need it anyway. All right. That'll do it. And you're welcome, Tammy. I saw that little comment. Uh, I'm going to try to end this <laughs> and you, and you're welcome, Joy. Um, let's see. And it, it's weird because I can't, oh, there we go. You guys. It's not important, just technical stuff. I got it. All right, peace out. Thank you. Looking for more? Check out over 200 episodes of Life Lessons and Laughter or click the link in the description of this episode to connect with Glenn directly.